I'm so hot. And not in a good way. I didn't mean to be rude. But I can hear you. Okay. Hello, and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And this is, we're so close to the end of Children of the Corn. You feeling it? I'm so ready. Um, honestly, let's get right into it, because we don't have any 10-word reviews, because we haven't watched anything in the past week, um, except Children of the Corn movies. Um, we're pre-recording this one slightly. Don't tell um, but anyway, we're here to talk about the 2011 film, Children of the Corn Genesis, and here is the plot from the back of the like, super cool Dimension Extreme DVD. Genesis is the chilling next chapter in the ever-popular horror series, yeah, 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 we get it, um, hmm. when a stranded young couple seeks refuge in a remote desert compound, they encounter a strange Manson-like figure known as Preacher, Billy Drago, the Untouchables. Manson, like, I feel like they're really stretching on that one. They're really trying to make him seem, like, more duplicitous than he is. Um, um, he reluctantly allows them inside with orders to be gone by morning. While investigating faint screams coming from a dilapidated shed, the couple discover they have stumbled upon a bizarre cult worshipping an entity that may or may not dwell inside a haunted little boy. I mean, that is a way you can describe the plot, and it's not technically wrong but it feels not like the movie that i watched okay brennan how would you describe the movie that you watched oh i mean completely 100 percent, utterly incomprehensible but but fun yeah no it was definitely fun um well okay so this it's like a, it's a, it is a couple they break down so it's sort of similar to the children of the corn situation of like a couple in a small deserty rural town mm-hmm um question okay did the opening sequence do anything for you or for the plot certainly not for the plot um it gave me some gore so i didn't mind it yeah it was good it was an interesting opening sequence yeah it was a it was a kid coming home from vietnam or like you know an 18 year old Mm -hmm. and he comes home to gatlin and realizes that all the kids have murdered all the adults and then he also gets murdered but by a kid who's shaming him for killing babies in vietnam which the second movie in a row that has a weird Vietnam tie-in. What was the first one? The one we just watched last last time. Um, the remake? Because Bert had like that Vietnam flashback while he was running through the corn. I don't remember this. That's fair. It wasn't a great movie, but it happened. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, the, this one, it's just, it's all over the place. None of it makes sense. The kid really isn't necessarily the evil thing but probably because like you have some kind of powers yeah I, I guess the kid does there is a telekinetic entity keeping them inside this house because it wants to take her baby for some reason and by her i mean the lady and the couple who is pregnant and mm-hmm. she is also pam's friend from the office mm-hmm. um and there's a there is a kid in the shed but the preacher's like, it's not my kid. It's my Russian wife's kid that she lied to me to have. And then the wife's like, no, it's his kid. And I don't know who to believe. Yeah, that was just nonsense. And this movie is specifically set in California. And they're like, they just keep talking about Gatlin and how, you know, stuff went down there, which I've heard, I've heard stories about what happened to Gatlin. 
We've seen seven documentaries at this point. Yes. Um, this is actually, this is the ninth one. We've seen eight documentaries. Yeah, of, no, no, I wasn't counting that Naomi Watts mess. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, so I don't, it just, it does not do anyone a favor to try and describe this plot at all mm-hmm. because it's just pure nonsense. Um, but in general, they're trapped in this house and they're kind of being turned against each other by lies or things that are maybe truths. Like it's revealed that maybe she lied about having an abortion and said she had a miscarriage, which mm-hmm. is dark. Um, and then she, for some reason is convinced that he cheated on her with the farmer guy's wife, even though they were alone together for like 35 seconds. Um, it was a long time that they were alone together. It was, but it was like minutes. It wasn't enough. Look, minutes is all some people need. You're right. And that farmer's wife was hot. Was she? She was I hot. So. Yeah, you're she, right. She was curvy in all the right places. Beautiful. The curved places? Yes. We love women here at Scream 101. Oh, well, yeah, sure. What What's curvy in the wrong places? What's the wrong place to be curvy? Um, Lumps in the head. Sure. <laughs> Like a Klingon? Yeah, just just lumps everywhere on your head. <laughs> okay. Like boils. Oh, no. Um. Anyway. We or you know what else is bad, Kirby? Feet. Feet must be narrow. I've heard this. <laughs> okay. Are you like an 18th century etiquette guide? <laughs> yes. Well, I just get compliments all the time on my feet. And so I know that because my feet are so angular that they're nice to look at. I... I don't know if this is one of them children of the corn lies that we've heard so much about in this movie or what you're talking about, but it does feel in tune with what we watch because I do not understand it. <laughs> we you rate love my of, feet. I, I don't know why you're saying there are feet. I don't care. <laughs> I have no opinion on them. Share your love, Brennan, with our listeners. Please stop this. Um, I'm just going <laughs> Okay, so what I did just now was to try and control the narrative and to put thoughts out there. Yeah, it's propaganda. Which is what um what the movie was doing to the couple. Was I guess so. You're right. So we rate everything on scariness, campiness, <laughs> effects, of, and quality. Okay, fine. Go ahead. Um, I'm going to give you my scariness score. Three. Yeah. Did you guess or did you look at my paper? No, that was my score too. <gasps> okay. Um, so I feel we are on the same page about this, which isn't always shocking, I guess. But We've been pretty on the like consistent as of late. Yeah, Something which is about these children of the corn movies, you know, is that they're they're mostly miserable and we're just suffering together. Yeah, at so this we, point, we know how the other feels. Yeah. Um. Uh. So why was it scary? You ask. Yes, I do. Um. Why was this movie scary? It had some twists and turns. It was suspenseful. Uh, it really kept you guessing. Now I say and all this fully aware that there's no payoff at the end. Yes, they're they're. You are guessing to no avail because there is no answer to anything. Mm-hmm. So all the mystery, all the intrigue, I guess it's supposed to have some sort of payoff in theory. Uh-huh. But this movie leaves you without that payoff. So it's like, eh. Yeah, it's it's like... Um, but I had fun on the ride, so... Yeah, no, definitely. Like, I don't know. It's like you walked into a hedge maze and you're like, okay, I got to get into the center. And then you're going through all the maze and it's like all this, you know, it's like Harry Potter stuff, all these spooky boggarts and whatnot. And then the maze just kind of dumps you out at the end and you're just kind of in Ontario and you're like, how did I get here? I don't know. This isn't anything. Uh-huh. 
This wasn't a maze. The way I look at it is it's like when you're reading Emma and you're rooting for Emma to be alone, well, to end up alone because uh-huh. Emma truly is a heroine that needs no man. Uh-huh. But at the end, because of convention, Austin has to marry Emma off. Sure. But that doesn't, you know, ignore the fact that Emma is truly a heroine without, um, with, with a hundred percent her own agency. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't. Ah, I'm just saying the ride to the end was fun. Okay, sure. Um, no, no, the was. end might not have been satisfying, but the ride there was fun. You're right. It, it's like it is like a roller coaster because you don't expect a roller coaster to have a plot or have a satisfying arc. You just, you know, you're going up and you're going down, you're going around, and then it's over. Mm-hmm. And that's what this movie did. What I think is probably the scariest thing about this movie is Billy Drago, who. I'm, I've heard his name before, and I know he is an actor like with a name, and he's certainly the only one who has like, worked before in this movie, to like any degree of credit. Mm-hmm. But I looked through his IMDb, and I was like, I straight up have no idea who he is. Um, I've just heard of him. He's a character actor. Um, but I think, honestly, pro- maybe the best performance in the series from Billy Drago? Question mm-hmm. mark. Like, he plays this character that is nothing it makes no sense but he's it's this creepy preacher man full of secrets and he <laughs> um that's why his hair is so big mm-hmm. um but he, he his played, hair was flat well you're right and it, i guess the secrets leaked out um but so he plays him as this like kind of drunk kind of well-meaning kind of evil like just really opaque character that the way that he stands in relationship to the other characters and the way that he approaches them and touches them and it's like a really physical performance and a really vocal performance and it freaked me out i think he did a really good job do you agree or disagree strongly agree um just strongly agree um i found his character annoying was it because like he wasn't serving anything really yeah he didn't really give me any exposition, any useful exposition. All the backstory he gave me was contradicted by the other one. Yeah, and also it was mostly just about Gatlin, which is like, we're not there. What are you talking about? So I found it to be pointless. Um, do Look, I think the, he did a good... Nothing in this movie has a point. Yeah, you're right. Um, do I think he did a good job of acting? He did okay. I don't know. I just found myself like kind of pulled in and creeped out by him. I guess, yes, I agree with you to a certain point or extent. No, you, you don't have to. Um, what's your campiness score? Let's see if we line up on this one, too. Campiness score two? Ah, dang. So that's also what I gave it. Um, yeah, I mean, this movie is very uh, all over the place, which can be campy, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, there were some campy moments, like when the cop went up in the air. Hell yeah. And then after the credits scene, when he came back down. Yeah, that was a bizarre mid... It wasn't even mid-credits. There was one frame of credits, and then it was like, here you go. It felt like a Marvel movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess we should talk about the cop. Like, Because they're trapped in the house, and this cop shows up, and they're like, help, help, and the cop can't hear them. And then suddenly, the cop gets flung into the air like he hit a glitch in a video game. Mm-hmm. And it's the most hilarious. It's so good. I recommend the movie on the strength of this scene alone. You must see it. It's great. I'm going to be counterculture and say, no, you do not need to go see this uh, movie because of these, this scene. It is not worth the payoff. 
Uh, but but you you said you said yourself you enjoyed like spending time with this movie to a degree, right? Yeah, I wouldn't recommend the movie to anybody. Okay, fair enough. Like it's like look, if you're stuck in this Children of the Corn franchise, it's not one of the worst ones you could do <laughs> yeah, to yourself. That's exactly what I would say. Um, it's not the worst, but I would never recommend someone be like, yo, you know what you got to watch tonight to another corn Genesis. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And like, I, I like the, the, sorry, I have a shelf in, in our home that is a purgatory shelf for DVDs where I'm going to watch them and then I'll decide if I'm going to sell them to Amoeba or put them on the this actual shelf, shelf. only ever grows. It never gets smaller. Send help. <laughs> Anyway, no, it's purgatory, and it'll see if these movies get to graduate to my real shelf. And my six-pack of movies two through seven in this franchise, um, that graduated onto the shelf. Many of those movies were bad, but part four I loved and might actually rewatch, and I'd rewatch for the cool effects in parts two and three. Mm -hmm. But this one, I feel like... I just want to keep it in purgatory forever. Like I enjoyed it, but I don't just think sell I, it back to someone. No, no I'm going to sell it. <laughs> but like, I, I just feel like there's no reason to ever watch this movie because there was barely a reason to watch it to begin with, even mm-hmm. though it was passable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I give them credit because the movie did seem like it was tied to the franchise. Did it though? There were solid references to he who walks by like, to he who walks behind the rose. Yeah. Um, they talked about Gatlin nonstop. Gatlin. Uh, for no reason, really, because we never get any, like, good explanation, but they tried. Okay. I, I think I'm going to try to translate from Surge speak to Brennan speak. Look, it's 1030 at night. Give, cut me some slack. No, 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 no. No, sorry. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying what you said didn't make sense, but I'm trying to reshape it from my understanding Mm -hmm. which i think what you're saying is that it doesn't feel like the children of the corn stuff was shoehorned in yeah um like in a one of the ones the revelation the one with the apartment building what the revelation was the one we're gonna watch next (laughs) no runaway is the one we're watching next oh um sure yeah no but it, it doesn't feel like they shoehorned in one scene where we get to talk about he walks behind the rose yeah um like the naomi watts one that had none so yeah exactly um but this does it feels like it didn't understand any of the mythology of what's happening and it's not particularly related but they did try and it feels like they intended it to be a children of the corn movie like halloween 2018 well that was very specifically tied in with the first one but not the rest of them true okay it ignored the others Uh uh-huh that's not really what i was saying but okay um Uh, one campiness thing that I liked is that um, the the telekinetic being keeping them inside this house keeps throwing stuff around, including the cop. But there's a part where they're, um, the husband is having a conversation with creepy Billy Drago, and randomly a cross flies off the wall and just hits him in the chest. But it doesn't hurt him. It just kind of goes, doink! Like like the thing was just trying to annoy him. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like flicking, I don't know, pieces of paper at him in class during a test or something. It was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I did like that scene when they were trapped in the house and could find no way out. It was fun. Like they tried to like open the door and it would slam shut and they tried yeah. to break a board off the window and it fly they back. They kept trying and then it was just like, well, clearly this isn't working for you fools. Yeah. He tried to break the window with a chair and it just flew out of his hands. Mm-hmm. That was pretty, it, it was fun. Like, I mean, it's kind of what we've mentioned multiple mm-hmm. times. I guess this is the perfect transition into our effects score. Um, I think I'm giving this a three. Two. Finally, we disagree. There was, what effects did you see? 
I mean, the thing's just flying. About, it, yeah, it's mainly telekinesis. But you know effects. what? I would give it a three um, because maybe even a four. Uh, I mean, I'm including the fact that okay. the standards are low because of because all of, the other movies. Yeah, the eight um, others. Uh, but I thought that car sequence was pretty cool. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, totally. This movie randomly acquires a budget like three quarters of the way through. And the budget's not great. No. And it's not consistent if you actually watch the scene and pay attention to like the, um, just the scene. Yeah. (laughs) Before and during. Let's set up the scene and then we can break it down a little bit. Um, the kid, um, who's like trapped in the shed, he gets this model car. That's like one of those tow truck things that carries around like eight different cars on the back. You know what I'm talking about? There's the two tiers. I mean, I know what you're talking about. Well, yeah. Well, anyway, the kid telekinetically is controlling this car as the couple try to escape in a stolen cop car. And the, the cars on the back of the truck keep flying off of the truck and like almost hitting them. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it just looks expensive and it was cool. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was shot particularly well. Um, no, th- this movie has a tendency to kind of go handheld and then kind of, shift focus a whole bunch like in in camera Uh and it's really distracting um but what were you saying about it like looking kind of cheap in that scene um well originally they were on a freeway with about four or five lanes Uh uh-huh and then they kind of were on a uh maybe two lane like freeway overpass yeah that was really obvious that they switched locations for that effect uh, it's clear that they were just in a car on some studio lot somewhere mm-hmm. as they were like facing the impact of the cars, um, which is fine. Uh, you, you don't want them to actually have cars thrown at them. Yeah. Um, but at no point did, did you think that they were actually there? No, I so, guess you're right. Like the suspension of disbelief is kind of shattered because it is so obviously an effect. Mm-hmm. Or, like, it so fundamentally changes the, the perilous situation that they're in mm-hmm. that you notice. And you're like, wait, this isn't the same thing I was just watching. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I give them props because I was not expecting that scene at all. Uh-huh. I was not expecting whole cars to be thrown at any point in this movie. Yeah, that exactly. That seems amazing. Uh, and anything with a car is expensive in a movie like that, let alone shattering, like, three or four. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, that's my two cents on that. Okay. I, I can agree with that. Like it, it, this movie never fails to throw oddball, interesting things at you, even though it doesn't, you know, doesn't gel into anything. Mm-hmm. It's an unpolished, unrevised draft. It's an uncarved block of a movie. Yes, it's just like here's everything you could possibly want in no order. <laughs> yeah, it needs the eyes of an experienced sculptor slash filmmaker to make it into something more. Uh, intelligible yes um so where does this how does this all fall on the scale where is your quality score ending up right now three okay yeah see because the last ones have been terrible that is true that's very true um and i I think this one is is on the knife's edge between two and three but i'm landing on a two just because it it it's not a satisfying movie like i am not mad that i watched it and I wasn't bored during, well, a tiny bit, but I wasn't bored during most of it, which I cannot say for the previous entries. So, like, it is a massive step up, yeah. but it's still not, you know, good. So, I'm landing at a two, but I totally support your three thesis. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what I I think it was competently made. Like it looks pretty slick and you know, like modern because this is a movie from 2011, which is just crazy that this is we're getting Children of the Corn movies from the decade we're currently in. When's the next one set? Well, the next one was it came out this year actually. Oh what? Yeah, it's oh, a, a contemporary film. Yeah, new release. Yes, um, director Redbox, <laughs> I think. Um, but yeah, there's a like a random nightmare scene that's clearly just padding, as is the Gatlin prologue from the beginning. A lot of it was just padding. Yeah, you're right. But I don't know. Like the thing, I I just I don't feel an enmity with this movie. Define I, enmity. Like it's not an enemy of mine. Like I don't feel I'm not mad at it. I'm not frustrated with it in any way. Do you want to explain that idea further? Well, it's just like I feel like I should be because it's not very good. <laughs> but I just feel like <laughs> I just feel like it just it's it feels warm and fuzzy in a really weird way. Like it wants so badly to be friends with me and I don't like it that much, but I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. we can be friends. I think it's just what we've been talking about all night and like reset a number of different ways is that the movie uh, is is not bad in the sense that there are interesting things going on. Uh-huh. It's just not good. So you can't really say like, yo, you need to watch this movie the way we would with, I don't know what, two, three and another one. I, I would say four because I love four, but you did not. Um, that was Naomi Watts, right? Yeah. Yeah. So not. Um but it's not as bad as the last three we just saw. So, so true. you know, we're like, okay, it kept us interested. Yes, there was no payoff, but mm. the journey to the end was pretty fun. So, yeah, maybe we're just drunk on corn at this point and just the ratings are screwed. Gravity is all wrong. We're floating uh, around. I don't know if we're any of that, but sure. Okay, yeah. No, this isn't making sense. Just like the movie. Mm hmm. Look, this whole review session has been weird. It has I been brought really up weird. Emma. You talked about Emnenes. It's just so bizarre. <laughs> no, it's it's strange. It's been I a, sound drunk and I'm so sober. <laughs> you are. Um, no, it's been it's been a weird weekend, and I'm so tired. I worked an extra hour at work for money. You didn't do it out of the kindness of your heart. No, who would do that? I've done that before. I mean, I watched this movie out of the kindness of my heart. Uh, for corn uh, anyway um wow this is going nowhere um let's you know this is like this is the second to last children of the corn movie um which means that next one is the last one do you feel like you're gonna miss them at all or are you excited to be finally done um i'm excited to be done okay yeah, i'm cool like to have seen them all like you know what i did something yeah you have I've an accomplishment movie, under the belt every movie in this franchise um could i have gone my entire life without seeing them sure but you know here i am (laughs) once again um no yeah i don't know i i think it's it's been a very bittersweet journey Mm -hmm. um just like corn anyway so um i'm gonna tell you what we're watching next week and we're gonna make our guesses as to uh what the next and final movie is going to be about but first here's how you can get in contact with the show you can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod, on Facebook at Scream101Podcast, email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com, uh, find us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, I won't say give us five stars because I don't feel like we've earned it this time, but give us whatever you feel like. 
Give us a notable mention, a shout out, a yeah. hint. Don't give us a rating. Just give us a review. Mm-hmm. Just a completely impartial. <laughs> um, anyway, so next week we're going to be hitting up Freddy once more in A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. Um, but the next corn movie we're hitting up in two weeks, that's 2018's Children of the Corn Runaway. Um, Which I'm excited for because it's come highly recommended by who again, Brennan? Um, two people that I follow on letterbox so brian collins who runs the horror movie a day blog and also my friend matt thompson um whose tastes i don't know if i trust but the relative rankings of franchises i can trust him with Mm -hmm. um and they both stated that this is the best their favorite of the franchise which is i guess not a high bar to clear but still shocking for a 10th entry in a franchise yeah you know it gives us it gives hope to the hopeless yeah exactly so i'm excited for that what just based on that title, what do you think's gonna go down in this? I think the runaways are gonna have a song Ooh. played during the movie. I don't think the movie has the budget for that. <laughs> One Denver knows. Uh-huh. I aim I dream big. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I think the run I I think the title probably probably says it all, although the titles almost never do. Genesis didn't have anything to do with anything. Yeah. There was one like Bible page torn from Genesis oh, yeah. in that opening scene, and that was it. They were like, oh, shoot, we got we to gotta have something that ties in with this title. Um, they should just have one named after every book of the Bible. It's like Children of the Corn, Ecclesiastes. Leviticus. Yeah, Children of the Corn, Leviticus. Uh, that would be really lame. Leviticus is the worst. Um, You're a Bible man? Well, Leviticus is the one that's anti-gay and anti-tattoos and shellfish or whatever. Do you like tattoos? Are there any tattoos on your person? No, but I like me. <laughs> I am gay and a shellfish. Um, you are. There is a tweet that proves this moment. Yes. Anyway, um, I think like there is probably going to be a kid who runs away from a bad home or a foster home of some kind and finds a place in the cult and has to decide whether or not to join in and murder a bunch of adults. That's what I'm feeling. All right. I'm down to see who's right. Me with the song or you and the cult. Okay. You're dancing for some reason. Um, I think that's our cue to wrap up. But I will say that Runaway is directed by John Gulliger, who directed Piranha 3 Double D. So that's exciting. I've never seen that movie, okay. but I love the title. <laughs> I was going to be like, is that one of your faves? <laughs> well, it's called 3 Double D. He knows how to title a movie. Okay. Anyway, uh, catch you on the flippity flop. And until next week, good luck on your journey. And stay gold, everybody. Bye. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Dave. And we are the co-hosts of Cast Party. It's a freewheeling pop culture conversation. I am an online media mogul. And I'm not. I'm a drama teacher. Yes. In fact, my drama teacher. We kind of transplant the conversations that we have every time we hang out and do a podcast. And we hope you like it. Check it out. Enjoy. At podpeople.me. That was was really fun and not awkward at all. (laughs) Bye.